Lord Jesus, we were so blessed this morning with our brother ministering the gospel, and uh, I trust if you'll open your heart, God is going to speak to you, glorious time, we're going to have a great week, and so I'd encourage you, don't miss a service, uh, let's welcome Pastor Evangelist and all-around good guy, Tony Chase, hallelujah, <laughs> all-around good guy, I like that, it's all right, y'all don't like that? I'm just kidding. Thank God. What a privilege to be with you again tonight. And uh, I have the confidence that God is going to speak to us tonight. Help us. Open your Bibles, if you would, to the book of Mark. Two verses of scripture. Mark chapter number nine, if you would go there. Mark chapter number nine and Mark 10. Almost the same, but different. Mark 9 and verse 23, the Bible says, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Verse, or chapter 10 and verse 27, but Jesus looked at them and said, with men it is impossible, not with God, for with God all things are possible. I want to preach a sermon I want to call the butterfly effect. Father, we thank you today, God, for the grace and the mercy of the living God. I am asking you today, God, to breathe, arrest the hearts of every man, every woman, boy and girl. Father, I pray for clarity. Anoint the sermon, God. Please carry it beyond my ability. Inspire, encourage, edify, and strengthen. I give you praise. Help us to lean into your word and may your word catch us. I give you praise in Jesus' name. Come on. Say amen, everybody. The butterfly effect. Let me talk to you first. I actually got three points to this sermon. <laughs> Someone said it's better to have one point driven home than three left on base. And so, but we're going to drive three points home tonight. First, the butterfly effect. Can the small wings of a butterfly really affect weather conditions of the environment enough to create a tornado or to alter its path? As unbelievable as this seems, it's just what the butterfly effect theory says. The butterfly effect is a metaphor that encapsulates the concept of sensitive dependence on initial conditions in the chaos theory. That small differences in a dynamical system may produce large variations in the long-term behavior of the system. An example of this is if you place a ball on the top of a hill, it can roll in any direction depending on the slightest touch of its initial position. Also for time travel, all the what-if scenarios that can change the estimated time of travel. So the state or the condition of a complex system over time depends on its initial conditions. This phenomenon has been labeled the butterfly effect because it suggests that a butterfly that beats its wings in Peking today can transform a storm system next month in New York. This is now known to have some validity, especially with weather prediction. It is the idea that in meteorology that the flapping of a butterfly's wing will create a disturbance that in the chaotic motion of the atmosphere will become amplified eventually to change the large-scale atmospheric motion, making long-term behavior impossible to forecast. 
The history of this is found in 1961. Edward Lorenz discovered that his computer gave him a different answer when he started at the beginning of his calculations than when he took a shortcut and started near the midpoint. Intuitively, it should have not mattered because the differences were so very small they should have been negligible. But the final result he discovered was highly dependent upon the starting conditions. One of the practical conclusions from this discovery is that long-range weather forecasting is doomed to failure. This is not because we can't measure good enough, but rather like the uncertainty principle of quantum mechanics, there are distinct limits to how far we can predict future events with certainty, even in our everyday macroscopic world. For every event that occurs, small uncertainties multiply over time, cascading upward into unpredictability. For example, September 11th, 1995, a squirrel climbed on the Metro North Railroad power lines in New York City. This set off an electrical surge which weakened an overhead bracket which let a wire dangle towards the tracks which tangled in a train as it passed by which tore down all the lines. As a result, 47,000 commuters were stuck in Manhattan for hours that evening. One little squirrel did a lot of damage. That's the butterfly effect. Now I sounded really smart, but I just read all that. It's called copy and paste. That's the butterfly effect. So let me talk to you about the wings of the butterfly for a moment so we can make sense of this for us tonight and what the Lord had revealed to me. The wings of a butterfly are what make it such a beautiful insect. The wings. They're still an insect, but they have beautiful wings. They have such a a magnificent array of colors and designs. Their wings are literally two to three times larger than the butterfly. See? Got a butterfly here. Yeah, it's nice. You can't have it. Go get your own. The wings of the butterfly. So their wings are two to three times larger than the butterfly itself. Though their wings are so large in respect to their environment that they're flapping in, they're relatively small and unbelievably fragile. The monarch butterfly has an average lifespan of seven to nine months, and then it's gone. (laughs) Now, during those months, how many times did it flap its wings? We have no clue. But according to science, every time it flapped its wings, it was making changes in weather patterns that will far exceed its life. And it will, these weather patterns will affect everybody living in other arenas far and wide. So though these insects, if you would, are very small and very fragile, their impact, their contribution to every life living is immeasurable. And it is because of their wings. There are some seemingly small things like wings 
that you and I can do tonight that can have the exact same effect. I'm going to give these to you. Number one is prayer. The Bible speaks of a man by the name of Peter. He is in prison and prayer is being made across town. They didn't even believe that God was answering their prayer. He knocks on the door because God miraculously sets him free. You know the story. I'm not going to linger there. But an angel of God opens the prison door, opens the gates, and he escapes. And the reason why is across town is a church that is crying out to God for deliverance for their brother. There's a man by the name of Daniel. Daniel bends his knee, fasts, and prays. He has no clue that he is causing the angels of God to enter into uh, demonic fighting with the prince of Persia. Because God is going to send the answer, but his prayer initiated a fight in the heavenlies. Jesus, he said, whatsoever you bind on earth, it shall be bound in heaven. We're talking about a corresponding action that you and I are saying something here and God is responding in the realm where he is moving. Prayer is powerful. Come on, are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Sometimes we say, all I can do is pray. And sometimes all we think we can say is one or two sentences, God help me. You know, Joshua said, sun stand still and the sun stood still and still NASA is messed up because of it. And when we flap our wing of prayer, we have no clue the dynamics that are changing in other arenas of life. No clue. Think about this. Jesus said Satan has desired to ask or to sift you, Peter. His desire is to sift. That means to find the negative, the wicked, the ungodly, the traits that are in you deposited by him. (laughs) Your flesh, my flesh, no good thing dwells in me. So he says he wants to sift him. until that is remaining in the strainer. And then he can point at this and say, look at this. See, this is why you can't use it. He's just a nasty, look at this. And Jesus said, Satan has asked for you. But Jesus didn't say, I told him no. Jesus didn't say, no, no, no. I told him go away. No, you're not having No, no, no. You know what Jesus said? He said, but I have prayed for you. This is the power of prayer. I have prayed for you that after you have been converted, you will strengthen your brethren. He is making a statement that my prayer is going to have a powerful effect. I know God's going to answer my prayer. So the question is, when we pray, do we have that kind of faith tonight? We need to. We need to flap our wings right there. Your wings of prayer. Let me talk to you about generosity. The widow gave her two mites. That's all she had, two mites. Mary had an alabaster box and she broke it at Jesus' feet. That's all she had. And Jesus said she has done what she could. Wherever this gospel is preached, this story will accompany it. What she has done will accompany it. Jesus and all the disciples, here they are, and a boy in his lunch, and this boy offers. Now, they didn't go snatch his lunch. (laughs) He had to give it. He gives his lunch, and Jesus takes that and multiplies it and meets the need for 5,000 men plus an additional for women and children. What does Jesus say in Luke 6? He says, give and it shall be given. But then he says, how it will be given back to you and I? Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Folks, that's, that's not, I didn't see him walking around here 
shake in the basket when we were giving. Come on, somebody. I mean, the ushers didn't like, hold on, hold on. Okay, no, 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 hold on. And they're pushing, trying to step down. All that. No, no, that's not how you gave. We don't give like that. Talk to me, somebody. We give, but that's the return. The return, the Bible says, is so much that we can't contain it. There is a blessing that far super exceeds what we give and what we put in. We always get more in return. The Philippian church gave to Paul in their time of need and poverty. And in response to that, Paul records, inspired by God in Philippians 4.19, My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. It's preaching revival in Oklahoma City. And I don't typically travel with cash. What I'll do is I'll, I, the, the, the expense money, I never use it. I give it back. And so whatever I have remaining from that, I just accrue that. And I use that for coffee at the airport or whatever. I never travel with cash. And so I'm at, I'm at the church. And there's this young kid. His name is Brett. He's 11 years old, I believe. And I preach my sermon. I'm exhausted at the end of my sermon. So I go, I sit down at the end. And I'm sitting down. And this little kid comes up the steps. And he comes, stands next to me. And I'm looking at him. I was like, young man. How you doing? He says, I'm good, pastor. That was a powerful sermon. I'm thinking, this is a kid talking about a powerful sermon. I'm thinking he's got a coloring book or something. He's going to start showing me what he colored. But no, no. He showed me his notebook. He took notes. 11 years old. He's like, man, and you said this and you said that. And, and I, man, that was really good, pastor. And I'm listening to him. like, <laughs> in the world? All right. Praise God. Every night he came up to me. Sunday morning, Sunday night, he'd come up. So one day, it's probably like maybe Tuesday. We're going all the way to Friday. It's probably Tuesday. I'm sitting there, and he walks up the steps. But this time I'm watching him walk up. He's wearing the same clothes, same shirt, same tie, same pants. He stands next to me, starts talking to me about my sermon. He's all excited about it. I said, grabbed his tie, and I tried to fix his tie up for him, and it literally fell apart. The white came out. I said, oh. I'm going to buy this kid some ties. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to buy him a tie. And I looked in my bag to see how much cash I had, and I didn't have that much. I said, I don't care. I'm just going to go buy him some ties. So I asked the preacher if he can take me out the next day. I need to get something from a store. And uh, uh, he said, yeah, yeah. So he comes to pick me up early in the morning for morning prayer. He picks me up. I get in his truck. He says, oh, oh, man, open the envelope or open the uh, glove box. There's an envelope in there for you. I'm an envelope for me. I open it up. He said, yeah, yeah, I've been witnessing to this guy at the gym every morning trying to get him to come to revival. But he said he couldn't come. He hasn't been to the church yet or nothing, but I was hoping this revival would catch him. But he wouldn't come. But he said he felt like he needed to give something to the preacher. I open it up and there's a wad of cash. I'm like, man, look at that. And you folks, listen to what I'm trying to say has nothing to do with me. It's God funding that desire to be generous. I took that entire amount plus what I had and went and bought shirts and ties and belts and, and, and presented them to this kid, man, whose his family is just decimated. And what a blessing, man. And what a joy. Little Brett got a new couple ties. And so that's what I'm talking about. Generosity. Flap your wings. I bet you he's wearing them tonight. Number three is decisions. Decisions. Elisha burned up his business. 
He gave up his career and he gave up his money and gave up family enterprise to follow after the call of God. Ruth, she followed Naomi. Your God will be my God. Where you dwell, I'll dwell. Where you go, I'll go. Your people will be my people. Where you die, I will. She made a decision and that decision brought her right into the lineage of Jesus Christ. Timothy decided to follow Paul. This decision is going to inquire some pain because he's not circumcised, but he's not a kid. He's way past eight days old. That's pain. But he's making the decision, I'm going to do this. Never would he have realized that he would be the youngest pastor in scripture. Stephen. Stephen decided I'm going to preach without apology and he stands in front of the very crew that literally incited a crowd to probably a, a, a martyr Jesus if you would and as he's facing them down they grab stones and they're stoning him to death and Stephen says these words I see the Lord standing at the right hand of the throne of God folks It's the only time I know of in scripture that the Lord is standing at the throne and not sitting at it. And I caught a powerful revelation from that. Here's a man, a young kid who would not compromise. And he got a standing ovation from Jesus. You want God to stand for you, then stand for him. Hello, somebody. He decided I'm not going to compromise. And with this, the Lord stood and he caught a glimpse of him standing, welcoming him, welcoming him into heaven. He decided and I'm not going to bow down. And you and I, we have no clue what's happening when we make decisions that are righteous. Notice no clue. I learned a valuable lesson. I was going through an incredibly tumultuous time in Raleigh, North Carolina. I was very angry and God spoke to me and said, every decision is pregnant with a consequence. There's no abortion clinics in God's kingdom. You're going to carry the baby full term and you're going to live with it for your life. And so sometimes we got to make decisions we got to flap our wings and make decisions that might in the moment be hard and challenging to make. But man, the, the fallout is incredible. The blessing that follows is incredible. I made a decision as a young 19-year-old kid, had no clue. No clue. Jehovah Witness upbringing, hated God, hated life. I made a decision. I had no clue what God was doing. There's no twins in my lineage. There's no twins in my wife's lineage. But God gave us twins. And then one day I was preaching, I was ministering, I believe it was in Clarksville, Tennessee. I was pastoring and God whispered to me, I broke a curse through your life. I didn't even catch the glimpse of that until I went to Raleigh, North Carolina years later. But as I began thinking about that, that one decision to bend my knee, God gave me twins. There's no other chases in my family, none. My brother, first act of marriage he did was he got a vasectomy, said, I want no kids. I'm the only other chase. And so... God gave me twin boys. I don't know if you're catching that, but they're going to carry the chase name. I said, man, I'm Father Abraham. (laughs) They're going to carry the name. And he broke a curse. They're the first. I am the only Christian in my lineage. Everyone else is either like I was full on angry or Jehovah Witness. And so they are like the first chase boys to be birthed outside of the curse. And both of them are living for Jesus today. I tell you what, I look back and I'm like, dear God, look what you have done. 
flap your wings and make good decisions for Jesus. Four is faith. Jesus said faith the size of a mustard seed. Right? Faith the size of... He said faith moves mountains. It brings things that are far and unattainable close. Have you ever tried to catch a bird? (laughs) That was fly away before you can catch it. But the Bible says this faith um, that might be as small as a mustard seed, when it grows, the birds of the air perch under its branches. That things that are so far away seem to be so close when you and I have faith. As insignificant as your faith might seem, it reaches beyond us. And miracles happen when we act out in faith. The woman with the issue of blood said to herself, all I need to do is touch Touch his garment and I'll be made whole. Jesus said, such is your faith, so be it unto you. Peter steps out on the water. If it is you, bid me to come. Faith created an atmosphere for all of this to occur. Jesus said, if we believe, all things are possible. Flap your wings. Number five is your life. The Bible says, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies... It abides alone. If we lose our life, Jesus said, we find it. We sow a life of sin and reap something incredibly different. We sow in corruption and reap in corruption. We sow uh, this life and this time and these moments. We sow it now and the things we receive in return are incredible. The possibilities and the potential from every life is immeasurable. You might look at your life and how it is right now, but I'm telling you, it's immeasurable what God can do with a life that is laid down. Impossible to determine what can come when you and I surrender our life. You might look at yesterday and think nothing good happened yesterday, but yesterday is not your prophet. God is. So flap your wings. Number six is tongue. James said that the great forest is set on fire by a small spark. Now this is for bad. We know it in the negative. But this is not always a negative. (laughs) It's impossible to measure what can happen when we speak kind words. It's impossible to measure what will happen in the atmosphere of another person's life when we are those that bring glad tidings from afar. The stranger that says, good morning. It's the doctor that says, it's a boy. It's the brother that said, it will be okay. The incredible difficult words to utter when we are frustrated and angry. You know what? I forgive you. I'm sorry. You know, they said to Jacob that Joseph was alive. And it says in Genesis that his spirit revived inside of him with these words. Something happened. Something happened in the man. He heard these words and life came in. Our tongue has the power of death and life. But we oftentimes hear of all the death that comes. But there is also life that happens. And in reality, our tongue is as small as the butterfly's wings in contrast to the atmosphere. But man, it can literally bring about great change. Words that to this day, as you listen to them again in your own ear, in 
encourage, inspire, strengthen our hearts. Think about it. Jesus said, it is finished. And all of a sudden, the earth quaked, the sky grew dark, the veil was torn into, confessions were immediately made, and it's impossible to count the lives that have been delivered and changed because of those words, it is finished. Flap your wings. Let me close tonight with what if. The phrase butterfly effect refers to the idea that a butterfly's wings might create tiny changes in the atmosphere that may ultimately alter the path of a tornado or delay, accelerate, or even prevent the occurrence of a tornado in a certain location. The flapping wing represents a small change in the initial condition of the system, which causes a chain events leading to large scale alterations of events. Excuse me. Had the butterfly not flapped its wings. The trajectory of the system might have been vastly different. While the butterfly does not create the tornado or cause it in the sense of providing the energy for the tornado, it does cause it in the sense that the flap of its wings is an an essential part of the initial conditions resulting in a tornado. And without that one flap from that wing, that particular tornado would not have existed. Had the butterfly not flapped its wings, things would be very different. What if you never prayed? What if you just never took time to say one or two words to God? What if you never gave generously? You have three churches out with more probably on the way. Well, you wouldn't have this building, that's for sure. What if you never made that decision that altered your life? What if you never made that decision? There's going to be people in eternity that never made that decision that wish they would have. The Bible says the worm will never die. Their memory never fades. They'll always remember every opportunity. What if you never made that decision? What if you never persevered and stayed committed to anything? What if you compromise? What if you never had to exercise any faith? What if you never spoke a kind word? What if you never gave your life? You know, folks, things in your world and your atmosphere would be totally different. And so would the atmosphere of countless others. As with the theory, it's impossible to measure the changes that have occurred through time because one flap of your wing. Who knows whose life was spared? Because you gave prayer cover as they traveled. You're praying, God, please cover our brothers as they're traveling through. They got three more hours. God, please keep them alert to the road. God, set your angels about. Who knows 
how things were diverted because you took a moment and prayed. Who knows how our generosity has met incredible needs in nations that you and I might not ever visit. People that are welcoming us into eternal habitations. Why? Because we gave liberally and because of that. We were able to plant and able to send and there's a church that's established. Listen, a man who knows. Who knows what changed in the initial condition of someone else's atmosphere because you flapped your wing and began to call upon God. I was in a church service in Chandler. And a statement was made and it injured a precious sister in the church. And she'd been there for 30, 35 years. And I'm looking at her and I can tell she's really perplexed and she's weeping. So what's wrong? She said, I just look around. I'm just wondering if there's anybody here because of me. Church, I don't know, maybe 600 people, 580, 600. I don't know. And so she's looking around and she's tormented. And it's like God gave me a word for her immediately. I don't remember words, but I do remember this one because it was so, so moving. So God plants us in the house. The Bible says we are trees planted in the house. We are planted in the house of God. So, you know, all trees don't bear fruit. You know what I'm saying? You don't eat pine cones and acorns unless you're strange. Right? We don't eat pine cones. But all trees don't bear pears and figs and they don't bear apples and such. No, 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 no. But trees take our carbon dioxide and they they create oxygen. And I say, who knows who is in the church because of you? That you're planted in here and you're literally lifting your hands and out of your life um, is oxygen just coming from you just being in your place, worshiping God, planted where God planted you. And someone else comes in behind you struggling, suffocating, uh, literally because of all of life's struggles and difficulties. And they come stand behind you and your oxygen, the aroma, the arena of your life um, has literally, literally emanated oxygen for them to breathe. And you have no clue because they're behind you don't don't let the devil lie to you you have no clue who's here because of you hello somebody flap your wings and because we do we can cause a tornado to be diverted cause a tornado to be established in someone else's life who knows hebrews 12 2 says looking Unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down the right hand of the throne of God. What if Jesus said, Father, forget it, instead of Father, forgive them? But he didn't. 2,000 years ago, he flapped his wings, and our world has forever been changed as a direct result. So you may state, I'm just flapping around here. (laughs) I'm just trying to stay in the air, preacher. I'm just doing the best that I can to stay up. (laughs) Have you ever seen a butterfly fly straight? You ever seen a butterfly kind of? No. I know we like to say we're eagles. No, we'll mount up with wings like an eagle, but we're not eagles. (laughs) We're butterflies. We're (laughs) remove the wings. We're just insects. Help me, somebody. 
You ever seen a butterfly fly straight though? No, they're all over the map, aren't they? It's a butterfly like this. And, and that's, how, that's how we are, folks. But flap your wings. There are moments when we feel as small as a butterfly, and I can testify to this truth. Where the devil causes us to think decisions and sacrifices we're making in life are almost making no differences in our life or anyone else's. It's like we're all insignificant to some degree. So why should I even try? Why struggle with the flap? Has little effect as the fluttering of a butterfly. But what you do may result in a big difference later. Creating waves of change that you and I cannot even see that would never have happened had we had not taken the initiative to flap our wings. The butterfly effect. Who knows, folks? Your effort here and there as you flap may cause a tornado of blessings to countless others around you, even others that you and I have yet to meet. After all, one person said the butterfly, as small as it is, when it flaps its wings, it changes the entire weather pattern. And that weather affects everyone. Folks, we don't understand all of this, but in creation, God created the butterfly. It's interesting to me. He created the butterfly. And man has just begun to dig into the marvels of this incredible creation. Romans 11.3. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. <laughs> the butterfly effect. The wings. Our life. All of its issues. All of our insecurities. This is impossible with you and I. We look at our life and say, no, nothing good, nothing. I, I can't see it. I'm telling you, it's beyond our understanding. But Mark 10, 27, Jesus looked at them and said, with man, it is impossible, but not with God. For with God, all things, all things are possible. But I declare to you, nothing happens if you don't flap your wing. Nothing happens. Therefore, flap your wings, my brother, my sister, and let's trust God in this last leg of humanity, this last leg of the earth's life. Let's see God bring revival by us. Just flapping or do what you can, where you can, however you can. Flap your wings. Can you give God praise? Father, we love you. God, we worship you. God, we magnify you. God, be glorified. Lord, we worship you. Thank you, God. Come on, bow your heads and close your eyes with me. The butterfly effect. So interesting how something so small can have so profound effect. Not in one region, but a flap of its wing carries. Yes, it literally cascades into something so large that it affects weather in another country. You can read about that on your own. It's interesting read. It's actually a, just another portrait of the wonder of God. Just another portrait of the wonder of God. 
that God takes things that are so small and does something profound. It was the Lord speaking to us through his prophet, despise not the days of small beginnings, that God does something so wonderful. I'm getting ready to start a church in a place called Fort Smith, Arkansas. And it's interesting as I'm talking to people here and there, as I'm, we're getting ourselves situated, their mindset of a church is that it just kind of falls from nowhere and all of a sudden you have this large, no, 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 we're starting it from scratch and it's mind-boggling to them. So I relate to them the reality of a baby being birthed. You don't start off with a 10-year-old baby. No, it's got to get formed in the womb. That God does something in a realm that's beyond us. It's supernatural that he creates something in a realm invisible to you and I. Life, bones, brain, matter, uh, uh, muscles, tendons, joints, ligaments, eyes, nerves, and all the endings, and the the ear, the the eye, everything, all these, the the ability to, all this happens inside the womb telling you the church is a miracle people coming into this building to hear the God it's a miracle it's a miracle you are a miracle you might look at your life and feel like it's less than I'm telling you you are a miracle and God loves you God loves you. And you're here this night, you say, preacher, I need God to forgive me. There's sin. I've done wrong. If you're not right with God, you're backslidden. I charge you right now before God to respond. If that's you, very quickly, just raise your hand. Say, preacher, I need God to forgive me. I've done wrong. I'm not pleased with where I'm at. I'm actually embarrassed. Our heads are bowed. Eyes are closed. No one looking around for just a few moments. That's you. You say, preacher, I need God to forgive me. Raise your hand. Slip it in the air right now. That's you. That's you. Okay. Very well. Will you flap your wings? One flap of the wing of an insect gives us incredible insight into the dynamic of God. And God has created you and I not to just be people that sit idle, but to be people that give our life, give generously, speak faith, believe, will not compromise. Men and women that make hard decisions and from those decisions, people, people, our world, we have everything. We have. The disciples dropped everything and followed Jesus. And because of that, we have everything that we have today. Someone said the book of Acts is still being written today. Oh God, help us right here because this is the climax of it all. We are at the end. We're at the end. Jesus is coming back. I firmly believe this every ounce of my being. But he asked the question when he comes, will he find faith? Oh God, let it be that you find it in me. Let it be that you find it in your church, in your people, that we are those that are flapping our wings. We're believing you. I ask you to stand with me all over this assembly. Come on, stand to your feet with me. Stand with me. 
I'm challenging you, my brother, my sister. Flap your wings. I want to open the altar. I want you to come quickly. Find a place at the altar. Kneel down. You talk to God. Come on. Come on. Find a place. Men and women whose life can be used incredibly for God. Flap your wings. Find a place. Kneel down. Talk to G just for a few moments, my brother, my sister. God, yes, I am surrendering. God, yes, I am surrendering. God, yes, I am surrendering. God, I'm going to flap my wings. God, I'm going to believe you. God, I'm going to trust you. God, I'm going to give generously. Who knows, seven to nine months a butterfly lives. Impossible to measure the changes. Impossible. God, God, we need you. God, please. God, move by the Holy Ghost. God, we need you, Father, I believe you. Oh, God, I got your hand, your grace, and goodness. I God, breathe upon us, God, I pray. Oh, God, I pray fresh fire and supernatural anointing. God, power, God, I pray. God, to be all that you've called us to be. God, for this hour, God, help us, God, not to be induced into a stupor. Help us, God, not to be slothful in this, but rather, God, to see the potential, to see the opportunity of God. Father, grant us revival. God, grant us a quickening, an awakening. Father, I pray the possibility in every heart, every life. The possibility of what you can do and will do. Oh God, Iara la Mandarianda Robo Sandaramandai God. God from the old God to the youngest God I pray.